Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we are developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So, baseball, injuries, let's start there. Some big stuff going on here. Uh, big names on this list. We have already talked about Tatis repeatedly, so now he's joined by his uh, his fellow Padre Machado. Yep. And Mookie Betts, Jose Ramirez, yep. Bryce Harper. Well, I mean, who 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 on here do you want to talk about? I, but geez, I think, it, I think the biggest thing is the theory of the case that you're not out of it. If, if, if you think you're out of it right now, you're not out of it. Like, the teams that have had, like, whoever has Machado has been, like, sitting pretty this year, right? Because you're getting a little bit more than you're expecting out of him. Mm-hmm. Gone. Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was getting a throwback year. He's out for a while. Jose Ramirez, Bryce Harper. I mean, come on. Chris Bryant was even, you know, it's a thing. I mean, we got some, we got some crazy stuff. I mean, this this... Rendon season-ending wrist surgery, like, oof, yeah. This this is really interesting because with whenever you have this giant rash of DL guys like this, and and who knows what's causing it, but this is a real, it's a weird fantasy opportunity because you see a bunch of players that you wouldn't see otherwise. Yeah, yeah, right, right. You get to see a bunch of replacement players come in to take their take the jobs. They took our jobs. <laughs> But, you know, also the whole playing field goes down. Yes. Do superstars get hurt? Because, yeah, like, all of a sudden you're looking at your, you're looking at people and you're like, ah, the guy has a 260 average, is on pace for 20 home runs. Yep. So, well, I, that's with everybody hurt, that's pretty darn good. <laughs> kind of where things are at right now, yeah. Yeah. Hey, look at the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom hurt. Who could have seen this coming? Who could have seen this coming? I mean, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of good I told you so's on this list, right? Like Well, I mean, Timmy Anderson. Like, that's exactly who I was looking at. Yeah. And and Aroldis Chapman is a guy that we knew was gonna be out at some yeah. point in the year. I mean that's Oh, Chris Sales hurt. Who could have yeah, guessed? I know, yeah. things things like yeah. that. Uh on the one specific note that they gave t- too much information here. Bryce Harper out due to an infected blister. I can just imagine what that looks like, and that seems horrifying. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's do a couple check-ins. Um, fantasy leaders. This is going to sound similar. <laughs> We're really normalizing here. Hitting. Aaron Judge. Still up there. Hasn't hit the IL yet. He wasn't listed in our little segment there. Um, and then pitching. Shane McClanahan, back number one. <sighs> is Shane McClanahan... Shane McClanahan ends the season top five, yes or no? In, like, dynasty ranking or an actual, like, player rater ranking? Oh, I don't think dynasty ranking. I was thinking player rater ranking. He No, he will not because he is scheduled to get shut down, which is why I... We've had this conversation, so I don't know why we're rehashing it again. <laughs> During the draft, I looked at him, McClanahan and Manoa, and I said, I love these guys. Yeah. I think they're going to do well. And then every single time I was like about to draft them, it was like, 
How many innings are they really going to get this? Okay, year? but why do we know that McClanahan's going to get shut down? Because Tampa Bay said so. But what? And Tampa Bay follows through on their on their threats. So, <laughs> yeah, because I was looking at Manoa recently, and I I don't think he's going to get shut down actually, or or he gets shut down very late. TGFBI check in. Huh. I mean, I'm happy about it. Sadly, you made some progress. Sadly, so did you. <laughs> and so did I. I made a little bit of progress. Got a got. A, <laughs> hey rostered most of a team other than Zanino. I cannot get rid of Zanino. Every week, I have a drop for him. You get outbid? Every week, I get outbid. You ready to talk about Kenobi? I am. Uh, you want to do You want to do like a little synopsis? You want to do it off the cuff, or you want me to read something? Um, let's have you read something. Uh, okay. Here's what, here's what Wiki has to say about it. Uh, 13 years prior, Kenobi trains Anakin in lightsaber combat on Coruscant, where he care... <sighs> where he criticizes Anakin for his aggressive action. In the present, tracking Kenobi's location to Jabim, I mean, I could barely hear that, Vader promotes Riva to Grand Inquisitor. The Empire arrives to besiege the facility and deactivates the escape doors. To solve for time, Kenobi negotiates with Riva and deduces that she knows Vader's true identity as she witnessed his massacre at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant as a young lady. She reveals she wanted to gain Vader's favor in order to kill Vader for revenge rather than serve him. The facility is then breached with Tala sacrificing herself to save Kenobi. Realizing they cannot win, Kenobi surrenders and is taken to Riva. There, he convinces Riva to kill Vader when she delivers Kenobi to him. Meanwhile, Leia opens the doors after removing Lola's tracker, allowing the path to escape before Vader besieges the facility. Riva uses this opportunity to attempt to kill Vader, but is quickly overpowered after a brief duel and stabbed. She is left for dead, and the original Grand Inquisitor arrives to reaffirm his status. As the Path Network escapes, Riva finds Bail Organa's message on Kenobi's transmitter, revealing that Luke's location is on Tatooine. <clears throat> a lot happened. It was a dense episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that could have been a whole movie. So It could have been a movie, honestly. So let's stick with a couple... Highlights, lowlights. You want to do some highlight? Well, highlights, yeah. Let's do here? do quick, quick things. Major likes, major dislikes. Sure. You have a major. What do you got for major likes? What do I have for major likes? Um, be honest. Didn't love a ton of things. Liked a lot of things. No, no major likes though. Okay. No major likes. Fine. Did you like seeing Curacao again? It's been been a minute. <laughs> uh, I actually did not. That actually falls under my major dislikes because. The aging process was not well done. Whatever they did to de-age. I know, I so know. When so this, when this first popped up, I thought, oh, interesting. They're having a, like a vision communication in the present day, right? Where yeah. Anakin is whole, but they're talking. But then they were like, yeah. then it became apparent that it was meant to be a flashback. And I was like, this is not convincing at all. <laughs> it, was, it was like close. It was actually unsettlingly yes. close. It's, it's, it was like constant dissonance right it wasn't it's, yeah it's, just, it, it wasn't it wasn't clear that's that's my whole point is that when it came up when it when the first scene on them opened it should have been obvious that it was either a flashback or in the present time and it wasn't yeah. obvious either way the first trumpet is a little sharp yeah second trumpet a little flat right now yeah so and i felt kind of just... I, I felt kind of weird about that i okay fine all right if i had to be pinned down to a big like i would say no you don't keep on going with dislikes no i well I think that there is an interesting way to tell a story about a youngling who escaped the slaughter on Coruscant. But 
<clears throat> is this it? Is giving them a desire to kill Vader a good story? I don't think so. Do we want it here? It's sh obviously shoehorned in to the context of this show. Like, oh, fine. All right, fine. My like is that I do like seeing somebody who's just so obviously weak against Vader attempt to fight him. Because I do like just like, yeah, yeah watch this. I'm just going to force hold you back. Like, that was nice. Yeah. And it just, I think actually the thing that I did like about that was that it gave you gave me a deeper understanding or a deeper feeling for other lightsaber duels where you're like, well, Obi-Wan doesn't look very good right now with his lightsaber, but he's not getting force pushed all over the place by Vader. <laughs> yeah, right. Is that well, I mean, the duel that they had a little bit earlier in the season, is that because Vader was toying with him? That's a good question. I mean... Or was he cautious? Some of column A, some of column B. Same thing with episode four. You know, if you if you want to tie it into episode four. How are you feeling going into the final episode? Um, Nervous. Yeah. Nervous. Very nervous because I, I, I like... They drop the communicator Wait, and you get the... You get what... I don't know, what would make the story go on for several more episodes. And now they're going to... They're going to treat that as a throwaway in the last episode. Uh-huh, yeah. Vader can't find out about Leia. It's so dumb. <laughs> like, he can't. No. Obviously. And he can't find out about Luke either, really. So... so this is going to be this is going to be Obi-Wan killing Reva. I guess. Third sister. I, I guess. Yeah, no, no. I Before she can get to Vader. Before she can capture Luke and use him as a trap for Vader. Yeah. Okay. Right? That's... Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess. We'll see. I'll, I'll, let's hope that they oh, wrap man. this. Will we see Yoda over under sightings No, we're not going to see Yoda, and we're not going to see Qui-Gon, and there's no point. Obi-Wan knows where Yoda is. I would have gone to, to, to Dagobah if I was Obi-Wan, in retrospect, and been like... The beginning? Yeah, and been like, now what? No, I mean, seriously, like... We def Dude, we defer to Master Yoda for everything. Like, let's go freaking talk to him now. <laughs> if we're not gonna, if we're not gonna pull the Yoda lifeline. When are we going to? This week, projection course corrections. We're going to dive into the deltas between the consensus preseason projections that you nicely aggregated with Fantasy Pros, and grab the new Fantasy Pros current consensus rest of season projections. All right, during the ownership question that i've been pondering lately and data grabbing um i made the realization that i was grabbing projections uh as well which is kind of cool so we're having we're building out this longitudinal data set of ownership while at the same time i was thinking we're we're building out this longitudinal data set of a projection Fortunately, I was grabbing the preseason projections every single time so <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't longitudinal at all uh, so I made a, a slight correction, and now we are grabbing rest of the season projections with ownership every day, which is which is kind of which is kind of cool. Um, it, it's cool that they have rest of season projections, and it is um, it is something that I thought would be really fun to plot out over the course of the season. Like I'm at, you start with like a player like Anthony Rendon. <laughs> Good example. You have fun example. It's a. What, is it an error curve? Is that, is that yeah, what it is? It goes right. from like high and then it goes low yeah. immediately. Yep. You know, or like a player that's coming in, like uh, Cruz. Um, 
cruise on, on Pittsburgh. He's like, zero, 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 zero. Oh, there it is. It starts, you know, it starts to raise up yep. as he actually gets into the league. The projections start to, to come in. So I had this little, I had this like thought that it would be cool to start to, you know, map these longitudinally. But before we do that, in the, in the spirit of kind of hypothesis testing, I thought maybe we should actually look at something like a little bit easier. Um, I had already th- thought that I was collecting rest of season data and I was <laughs> recollecting preseason data. So why don't we try to just look at the delta from today, which is now we've got a relatively big sample of the season from the preseason and see what that delta of the projections for rest of season is now. Um, so you're just looking at raw numbers? Well, raw numbers? Like in the, in the sense that you're looking at you're looking at absolute like how many RBIs they were predicted at the beginning, how many RBIs they're predicted now? Or are you looking? Because I'm also kind of interested in how they've changed their rates. I mean, we can start to do that. But I, I, I yeah, I, you're absolutely right. I want to start to think about like the difference in the rates, difference in, um, in everything. Yeah. But I wanted to start with a, like a really sanitized first sample to try to look and see if this data was moving appreciably because like i was concerned maybe it wasn't you know consensus consensus really messes things up (laughs) like if if you look at the ownership we cannot look at the ownership graph for um for atani yeah because of the way that it's aggregated because yahoo has them as two players right yeah because some leagues have them as two players so his ownership is all is messed um, so there's a little bit of problem with this consensus and, you know, not everybody's going to update theirs yearly, weekly, et cetera. That's what so. I was just wondering. How are you picking, how are you picking which ingredients to put in? Like, are you, re- well, I, I'm, I'm grabbing the consensus from fantasy pros that they're presenting. So yeah. that's, so we're going to take a look at this Delta, the Delta table right now. And, and we'll see if we should dive, dive in deeper than this. Right. Okay. So I, I've been thinking about this as a trajectory because what Fantasy Pros does is they have, they present from today forward rest of season stats. Yeah. Which is kind of cool because it's not just like, okay, at the end of the season now, we think it's going to be X number. No, it's from today forward, they're going to have 200 at bats and it's going to be 37 RBIs, you know, rather than saying yeah. at the end of the season, we're going to have 450 at bats. No, but that's, that's really which, useful for a thing for a full season roto, right? If your game is full season exactly. roto. I want yeah. to know how many. I know, sort of in my head, how many RBIs I'm hoping to get to on the season. <laughs> so I want yeah. to throw no, this guy in there and do it. Yeah, I think that that's really cool, and it's just something we need to keep our head around. Yeah. Um, and so, in creating this data set, I needed to combine today's stats with today's rest of season projections. Boom! To be able to say, to compare apples to the apple of the preseason um, projections. <laughs> um, I've also I decided. I think about things this way, so I might as well simplify the whole problem. We're just going to talk about hitters today. Um, I've aggregated the five hitting stats into three. So we're going to look at home runs plus stolen bases, runs plus RBIs, and hits. So that's three, three different stats. I think is, I mean, it limits the question and kind of, it makes it funny because then you have like a player that's a 20 stolen base person next to a next person so 20 home run person mm-hmm. um and so in in doing this, so after theorizing this and then putting putting everything together um 
I decided I was going to collect a list of interesting players. Mm. So I took the top five deltas, the current trajectory minus the preseason consensus, um, in each of those three aggregate stats that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And so the players that came out were Luis Gonzalez, Julio Rodriguez, mm-hmm. Brendan Donovan, Eli White. He's back. Brandon Drury, Thario Estrada. Yeah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Owen Miller, Andrew Velasquez, John Birdie, and Mikel Franco. Blast from the past. Mike. Almost everybody on there is new, and then you throw in a blast from the past. <laughs> so you put together, so what I'm looking at here, I really like this, first of all. Uh, you gave the trajectory, which is the rest of season, and then you gave the preseason, which was what they were on track for at the beginning, what they were listed as at the beginning is that right with the preseason projection yeah. so before everyone had played yeah. that's what all the all the experts said and then you gave us a delta which is just the difference between these two and again for runs rbis for home runs, stolen bases and then for hits and again as we talked about sort of at the top raw numbers are are sort of a fickle thing we have to be a little careful but you've got some pretty eye-popping ones here i mean i'm looking at brandon drury uh, trajectory for RBI, runs plus RBIs, 152 rest of season. Preseason, he was projected to get nine. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a pretty freaking big delta. So so good for Brandon Drury. I mean, that just says that... <laughs> well, I don't know about good for Brandon Drury, but that says that his preseason stuff was way off. Way off. Got the opportunity. And the same thing's true for his... Yeah, same thing's true for his hits and his home runs. I mean, he's just got eye-popping numbers across difference differences across the board here. You got a couple of these other guys, but we have to, to some extent, yeah, boy, what do we do with this? Okay, so let's go back to your first question, which is, do we even see some deltas? Okay, obviously, yes. So it's worth digging into these more. And I think what you've done a good job of uncovering here is something of the the prospect type tracker or the guys that are going to be badly fit by our uh, by our projection system as well. Right. So this is going to be, I would use this as like a, in addition to being an interesting data set in its own right, as a, a first diagnosis of like, okay, watch out for these guys. Our projections are going to fail. Yeah. <laughs> Our projections are going to fail. Yeah. On those. Yeah. We got, I mean, this hope, it's part of the hope in, in this exercise was to be able to like spur you on and <laughs> art looking at our yeah. projections and see where, where we have, where we have some players of, of a similar ilk. Yeah, absolutely. I no, I I think that's super interesting. I let's see. So what's what's the most useful on here? Honestly, I think it's probably runs plus RBIs as the thing that as like the stats that are the easiest to understand in a fantasy accumulation way. And I'm really excited by the guys that are on track for over a hundred for the rest of the year. I'm a little bit less excited yeah. by Eli White and John Birdie. I mean, great that they're both on track to get in the 60s by the end of the year, but that's still not really rosterable in fantasy, whereas all these guys over 100, Brandon Drury, Julio Rodriguez, Michael Franco, Owen Miller, and Tara Estrada, they're obviously all worth it at this point, right? Those are those are all guys that better be owned. Well, yeah, but the, the thing that... This is, this is where it then transitions into what like the original hope was, is that we could longitudinally look at this, yeah. so we could actually see... We could fit a line through the data longitudinally and see if John Birdie, maybe it's 62 right now, but which would mean like, what, 30 
30 runs, 30 RBIs to the end of the season. Well, what if we fit a line through that and it's actually like, you know, in two weeks' time, that's going to be 85. And in three weeks' time, that's going to be 100. So maybe he is an interesting player, right? Yes. Just trying to throw it off. Because, like, Birdie's ownership is going from zero on June 5th to now we're at 25 percent owned okay again right again from a fan from a tgfbi perspective this is really useful because you want to get in on the early part of the curve but it's hard to use this predictively right because you're inherently to some extent by talking about the difference the deltas we're talking about extrapolating some small number statistics on some level. Right, and right, so, right. Now, right now we're just looking at two points. Yeah, so but I'm saying so right. So if you if you so it's like the difference between looking at a first derivative and a second derivative, mm-hmm. right? Because this is a first derivative. Exactly. And but yep. what you're talking about looking at it longitudinally is longitudinally is the second derivative and those end up with some noise in them just inherently. They're always and the question is is this like do we even do we even know to be very mathematical about it the concavity of the curve? Well, do we know if the, can we reliably determine whether the second derivative goes up or goes down? (laughs) Like, have we already missed the peak of these players' uh, revised trajectories? Like, are they only going to get worse from here? Can we confidently say that they're only, that they're going to go up or they're going to go down? Well, so this is why, so I've also graphed all of these on the ownership curves. That's why I was mentioning Birdie, because Birdie was like interesting, because he's gone up by 20% ownership. Whereas Owen Miller has gone from being about 75% owned to being 50% owned. And but what, Brandon Drury uh, has gone, has done the opposite of, of that. Right, but what we don't... Brendan Donovan right now, yeah. Brendan Donovan right now, oh, I missed out every single league, <laughs> is also, he's all of a sudden 40% owned from being 10-ish, 5, 5% owned. Uh, just a couple weeks ago right but what we and don't he's, know he's got a spot what we well that's true but what we don't know from two points is whether they're on the upswing or the downswing that's right and i'm i'm using ownership as a way to try to to um i'm using ownership as a way to try to validate whether or not a player is on the upswing or the downswing what we really want to do that's why i was saying if we look at this longitudinally and say like okay today their projection goes to 80 and then it goes to 85 then it goes to 90 if you fit a line through that then you're going to be able to see which direction yeah (laughs) positive or negative that uh you know that function sits that the um factor the factor is yeah but that's again yeah it's got to be you know we're going to use that to then figure out which ones we manually look at yeah yep that's fine i think Yes, I don't, so I will be, this is great. Again, I think this is super useful data. These are the the canary in the coal mines, except some sort of positive version of that analogy. <laughs> Where, you know, well, I don't know, I don't know what exactly that is, but some something, uh, maybe the first beacon of Gondor that's been lit for these guys. And Ooh, we're trying to yeah. figure out, you know, should we be, should we be looking out for this in, in yeah. Rohan or not? You know, yes. and so... So that's that's the question to me, uh, but we should start looking. But I don't think that this tool in its current form is going to supplant going in and doing some deep research on these guys and being like, "I really wish I'd gotten no, no, Brandon no, no. Donovan." 
Okay, that about brings us to the review session. Tony Gonsolin. Tony Gonsolin, the un, the undefeated Tony Gonsolin here. Eight wins, zero losses. Amazing. Over 12 <coughs> games started. That's actually a pretty high ratio of games decided. He's got a 1.42 ERA. Wow. 0.82 whip. Wow. 60 strikeouts in 63.1 innings. Uh, and you they just traded it. I, I did. So, I just got rid of him. You are firmly, I'm just going to immediately say that you're in the sell high camp. <laughs> well, I think that he's, I targeted him preseason. I thought that sure. he, he had a good, that he had a good set of skills that he showed the last couple of years. And when it became clear that he was going to be able to start and that team was going to need some extra starts because they were losing Scherzer, I was like, yep. this guy is going to have a good year if he can stay if he can stay playing. Tony Gonsolin is the guy, I mean, I agree with you. He's a guy that has been an analyst darling, I think, from a fantasy perspective for a few years now at this point. I mean, I've definitely flirted with picking him up, and I know other guys that are more analytics-driven that have also been like, Tony Gonsolin could be a, could be a good sleeper pick here to grab. Yeah. And he's, I mean, eight wins is a big deal, right? It's hey, I mean he's what was his what are his on pace numbers for? <laughs> well, you you like him twenty you wins, like him for zero everything losses. except for you like him for everything except for strikeout rate. But yeah, strikeout rate is down. But he's he's fine. Right I mean, who who cares? He's got a one point four two ERA. You know what's crazy? His career two point four one ERA. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. He's he has one year in his career above three ERA. That's and okay. We should be we should be honest about this. He's he's pitched in four seasons. He's his reliever. Basically, he's basically been a starter, right? Because so twenty twenty one thirteen starts in fifth and two relief appearances. Then twenty twenty eight starts one relief appearance. He hasn't really been a reliever since twenty nineteen. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. I had, but he has, but he hasn't been a starter. He hasn't been like. He's like not been a six big inning. Big red friendly letters. SP starting pitcher. He's been fill in starter. No, I mean look look at this. A thirteen games started and he still only got to fifty five innings last year. I mean that, that kind yeah. of tells you the whole story, right? <laughs> yeah, we were talking about McClanahan being at at seventy eight. Yeah, and phew, yeah, it's it, I, I'm glad that he's getting the opportunity fi- now. Finally, twenty eight. So I had this suspicion. Um, I was like, you know, Tony Gonsolin is throwing real Derek Lowe vibes. <laughs> Derek Lowe, the year that he was like going for like, he got a no hitter going for sure. 20 wins. And everybody in Boston is like, eh, yeah, he's no Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, and I asked, I asked two Dodgers fans, one of them being in our, in our home league, uh, like, what, do you guys really believe in him? And both of them were like, fuck no. <laughs> See, I, oh. I don't, I don't under, I don't understand that, and I think. You look at his face. Look at his face with that mustache and that hair. <laughs> the, the, and this is like, why I preface that's it. That's not guy I depend on. By saying that he's been more of an analyst, darling, and I like, you know, I, I often try to shy away from that, but in this case, I'm just like, wow, I'm just firmly in, in line with like what big fantasy baseball is thinking. Yeah. And no, I look at the baseball, numbers. Baseball, I, right. <laughs> do you watch? You watch him, and if you could just do the like. Just do the age thing that we just did on Obi Wan and, <laughs> and and Anakin. If we could do that over him, I think that maybe be like more. In, I'd be more into him. Well, he's a, I mean, it, he is he is twenty eight and he's only appeared in four seasons. So he's 
he's yep. a bona fide late bloomer at this point. Yeah. Right. Then you have you have to classify him as such. He's also I didn't I mean I'm looking at these numbers again. He's already pitched more innings this year than he's pitched any other season. I think that's the biggest concern. That's the biggest concern that I have and others that have that I've talked to have had is that it's well, like he spent. I mean, he hit the sixty day IL last year with right shoulder inflammation. Uh, well, that means that he's fresh for this year. So, I mean, but how many innings can he realistically get to? The, uh, okay, so I mean, <laughs> we've been big in this style of over under today. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the number at one thirty four point five. Why don't you just give, why don't you give me against uh, Mike Trout games? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like Mike Trout games. Higher than yeah, Mike Trout games. Yeah, uh, I I think it's gonna be over. I think it's gonna get gonna get to like the one forty one fifty range. I just I don't think the Dodgers like him. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think I don't think the Dodgers want him pitching, and that's what makes me think that they're just gonna the minute that they can kick him to the side of the road, they will. Even if who, but who? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They can put David Price. David Price out there? And I don't know. Like, I don't know. No, fair enough. I mean, that's... See, but the that, Dodgers, the Dodgers the don't like him. I, they pitch him like they don't like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I definitely said at the beginning of this, before the season, I was like, if this this guy has ever, finally has an opportunity to really be in there for like, could get to like 30 starts if they let him. Yeah, what? David Price? Seriously. <laughs> who, who's Who's coming in? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Trade deadline hasn't hit, though. Yeah, so it's probably like Castillo. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I, I just don't think the Dodgers like him. That's it. Absolutely. Okay. Um, anything else that we need to share about him? Uh, I like him. <laughs> I like him. You like him? We're all for him. Yeah. I mean, I'd be shocked if his ends the season with the ERA and whip that he has right now, but I think if you add like .2 to his whip over the rest of the year, for his final numbers and add a um, at at a point to his ERA. Yeah, no, no, no. I, and he stay, stays at the same K rate. Like this is still a guy that you want to have on your team going into the fantasy. Absolutely, plans. I think we're both firmly in the own Tony Gonsolin camp. Yeah, if you if you're between own or drop. Oh own yeah, up. come on, obviously. Uh, who are we doing next? Freddie Peralta. All right, time for some housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools, mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yay!